Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Is there a theme this year? No. 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 The, the invitation said no something theme. like no theme, but glitter never did anyone any harm. Glitter? You look good in glitter. Yeah, well, I might we'll see. We'll see on Thursday what I can uh, we'll come up with. I might with. put a bit of glitter in my beard. Really? I don't know. I'm thinking about it. I wasn't. I wasn't going to go. But if you're going to put glitter in your beard, then I'm all. I'm oh, if I would say there would be if, surprises. So you're telling me if I don't do it, you won't go? Yeah, it wouldn't be. Bad. <laughs> That's an easy decision. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, jerks. Anyway, joining me, E McCourt, on today's One Football Podcast is Francesco Porto. Hello. Lewis Ambrose. Hello. Manu Dominguez. I am. Um, As ever, should you wish to get in touch, podcast at onefootball.com is where you can send your emails. We do really appreciate them, so please keep them coming in. Uh, <clears throat> and the winner is Leo Messi. Ah, that thing called Ballon d'Or. That All thing right. called the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> yeah. No one's too angry about Leo Messi winning it, are they? Ask. Oh, Manu, yeah, Ask Manu. Manu, here Manu why are you angry about Leo Messi winning the Ballon d'Or? I'm really upset. I, I don't really understand how Cristiano Ronaldo couldn't win that year. He made some amazing <laughs> performance Shut in the Champions League. So. Shut up. No, no kidding. I Shut mean, up. I'm a Leo Messi fan. I'm, of course, I guess that he's well deserved. But I have to say that other players could win as well. Like Van Dijk, Mane, Bernardo Silva. He had. Bernardo Silva? Yeah, he did an amazing season, I guess. That tells you everything yeah. about your opinion. But not, Bernardo but, but not for Ballon d'Or. <laughs> I mean, like, at the end for for trophies in England, he was man of the match in the Nations League final. I guess. I, he oh, he won okay. the Nations League as well. Yeah, yeah he was Ronaldo the won the Nations League as well. <laughs> Bernardo was man of the match, not Ronaldo. And Ronaldo get upset because of that. What, yeah, what, I remember what that. a teammate! What so, a teammate! Okay. Uh, I have to start defending Cristiano Ronaldo at no. the minute one of the podcast or, or no, 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 don't, don't I think we should move, I think we should move, we should move on, on. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to move on but there's one thing I've really annoyed I mean okay we all know this is a silly silly thing and we shouldn't talk about it too much but I mean, <laughs> but exactly but Hugo Lloris ahead of Ter Stegen Hugo Lloris shouldn't have even been in the shortlist right it's not even close. Can anybody logically explain this decision I, I to me? I actually looked out the other day for an article. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think Hugo Lloris, I think, has kept nine clean sheets at club level in 2019. I've probably Whoa. kept more than that. They probably... No, you don't to... need to defend it, Francesco. No, I'm not just... defending. I'm thinking because... It's, it's a, a French it's... award and he's the French captain. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, there are many journalists who who voted, right? So maybe it's because he went to the final in Tottenham. I don't know. I'm just wondering. Yeah, what I was really surprised as well was with the woman Ballon d'Or that mm-hmm. Megan Rapinoe won. And I had not some, too much idea about how it was going her season in in United States. But that... It didn't. But after I read that she only played five matches during the world season in the United States. So only played five matches and still she won the Ballon the Women Ballon d'Or. So that's that's crazy. I guess and that in this was season mostly, you mean yeah, in this season. Yeah, I think guess that was mostly based on the World Cup. It was mostly based on the World Cup, I guess. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. 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 Also I think the Ballon d'Or is for the season 2018 No, no, no. But uh, in no. World Year in World Year to 2018, 2019. She played five games. Played five games. And then the World Cup, of course. That she was the best one. Paolo Rossi did the same t- 1982 he didn't play for the whole year then he did an amazing World Cup and he won the Ballon d'Or <laughs> never did anything ever again exactly <laughs> anyway silly award 
But Hugo Lloris ahead of Ter Stegen is very, very silly. Uh, Francesco, you might have noticed Lewis is looking a little bit happier this week. I noticed like since last Friday and a different uh, atmosphere in the newsroom, mm. especially from the Arsenal side mm-hmm. of the newsroom, I will say. The very strong I wonder Arsenal why, side. because yeah. uh, it's very interesting because there are still 10 in the league at the end, no? Well, you, can't, you can't suddenly <laughs> be higher in the table overnight. <laughs> what so something earth, changed. Fi- something fifth, changed. Fifth if they win tonight ah, okay, on okay, Thursday okay. night. If. if. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or sixth. <laughs> what on earth could have changed your mood, Lewis? Uh, yeah, Gunnosaurus has got the job, the big job. <laughs> uh, no, obviously uh, Unai Emery doesn't have the big job anymore. No, he doesn't. Uh, can you trace back to where it all began? Uh, well, Unai Emery. Appointment. His life. The appointment. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, the appointment. Um, I think Arsenal had, Arsenal whittled down the candidates to Mikel Arteta and Unai Emery. And I oh, think that's what it was? Yeah, and I think one of them was a very brave, possibly very exciting choice. And one of them was a very safe, conservative choice. And they went down that road. And this sometimes you pay the price when you go down that path. Um, it's quite interesting now to obviously there's discussion around who's going to be the next new coach and a lot of people saying like oh you can't you can't let Lundberg or Arteta do it they've got no experience but Arsenal just went down the experienced route and have now sacked the manager because they've gone on the longest winless run since 1992 so I don't think necessarily a manager with the experience is uh, is the way to go yeah Unai Emery started quite well at the Emirates but and Never. you had that long undefeated run. Yeah, there, but was, there was a long run, yeah. but I, like I, when we spoke about it at the time, the Arsenal weren't actually playing well. And you sort of, you do, you sort of say at the time, like, yeah, it's good, but if we keep playing like this, like the the you know the the performances are gonna have to catch up with the results eventually, otherwise mm-hmm. you're gonna be in trouble at some point later down the line. Um, which is exactly what what ended up happening in the end. There was. There was no real playing style to get behind. It was just sort of week by week trying to mull through and grind out games. I think I looked this up a few weeks ago before Emery was sacked. Um, and I think in his entire time as Arsenal manager in the Premier League, which is in the end 51 games, I think, um, Arsenal won three games by more than two goals. Uh, two against Fulham who were relegated bottom of the league last season and one <laughs> against Bournemouth um, the season before when Wenger was sacked and or Wenger left and rightly so he was I think everybody can agree it was at least the end uh, that last season probably a bit before um, and Arsenal won eight or nine games by more than two goals and I think as Arsenal fans you, like n- nobody nobody thinks that Arsenal can go and get 100 points which is what it now takes apparently to win the Premier League this mad world that we live in so you want to be in the Champions League but more than that you spend or in the last year waste 50 hours 60 hours of your life every single year watching every single match and if it's boring to watch like what's the point like what are you getting out of it as a fan and I, I I've long said I would rather finish 8th or ninth and try and play exciting football with kids than finish 6th with boring football what's the difference between 6th and 8th really I have a question because from what from your words it's very clear that the goal of Arsenal is going to the Champions League right that's the goal of it the, has to be Arsenal can't I mean, I mean is it clear now, also from the club side 
there. Now, yeah, because you're not in the champ. You can't. The club can't say we want to win the Premier League in the next two years. You look insane. I it's know, such I know, but a long way away. From an external point of view, because I don't leave the Premier League as you do every day, it seems that it's not clear where Arsenal are going. Like it's not clear what, what yeah, yeah, they yeah. want to achieve, and that's like, do they want to become like Liverpool in? Three to five years. That's the. It's the question of. Do time. they want to, you know, go in the Champions League, no matter how they play? They want because it's. Uh, mm. There, there it, are like. Yeah. For example, in Italy, it's if I think about Inter, for example, that a club that from different point of view can be associated with Arsenal because they went through difficult times the last years, and it was clear last year they decided to, you know, go to, uh, to bring in a manager that no matter what, no matter how you play no matter how you do it, he goes to a Champions League. Mm. And that's what he want. And from an external point of view, it seems the Arsenal are not very clear to to explaining this at least. Maybe they I, have it in their mind, but they don't They don't make it clear to the fans and to the yeah, rest I, of the world. Part of the reason I think for that, and you can maybe expand on this more, Lewis, is that there seems to be too many people behind the scenes kind of muddling around and not. it doesn't seem to be a huge amount of clear direction. Yeah, who, is is decision, who, I, who decides that? So, I think that, so firstly, if we go from the top and work down... <laughs> Sir Chips or well no Stan Kroenke oh, Chips yeah. Keswick so Ke- Chips, Chips, <laughs> is the chairman but he has no influence on the club anymore ah, he, oh, he cannot he cannot do anything there are rumours that he wants to quit because he cannot do anything got a great name though Sir Chips uh, so Stan Kroenke is in charge but just does not give a damn if Arsenal is successful or not. And what's Kroenke's son? Where does he fit in with it? Is so it Josh? Is that his name? Josh Kroenke. Yeah. So Stan Kroenke, let's say, owns the consortium or the, the business that in name own Arsenal Football Club mm-hmm. now. Um, Josh Kroenke is his son and is actually much closer to the day-to-day. Basically, Stan Kroenke has never heard of Arsenal and Josh Kroenke <laughs> is the one that actually has an influence on the running and then there is Edu who decides the player so Edu is now the technical director Um, the one that's confusing is Raul Sanye who came from Barcelona and is the head of football I don't know what a head of football does if it isn't what the technical director does I don't know where I think it's it's the same job it's a very confusing in English football this kind of structure I mean probably it's a structure it's outdated no the other way around it's it's, it's too updated (laughs) it's well people the structure is confusing because it's confused because managers used to be managers Sir Alex Ferguson no, okay, and okay, Arsene okay. Wenger would yeah. run everything everything to do with transfers but you transfers. know that this is not the case anymore no, because course. managers they exactly. one, two, three, three years basically so it's impossible exactly. to create exactly. a structure around the manager so, it was so you have to thing. create a structure around what a sporting director well, that's, that's the point there's, uh, chairman. Just, there's too many of well, them this yeah, is yeah. the whole here. point yeah. well I mean I think, it's not only the case of Arsenal mm. I think it's the case of many other clubs I think many clubs I think Liverpool and Manchester City and Tottenham before Pochettino left had such a force of personality as the coach that they almost took on the old school manager title of, of like a Wenger or a Ferguson well, I would say that a Tottenham new manager has a personality that um, we can, we can no, talk no, about no it. no no but that's a completely different thing no, he's, no, not, know, know, he's not driving the direction of the entire football club no, 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 but Pochettino did no, no. Uh, and Klopp and Guardiola definitely do that uh, yeah, yeah. at their respective yeah, clubs especially in Tite because the people that Guardiola has behind they are the people who work with him when he was exactly. in Barcelona so. exactly I think the big thing is there are a couple of things to remember and one of them is that Arsenal had a manager for 22 years and he left 18 months ago and that structure isn't going to just exist and work overnight and the other thing is that the whole point of the structure is 
let's say, to manager-proof the club. So when Arsene Wenger left, it didn't mean there wasn't a head coach. It meant basically the head of the scouting, the head of the academy were gone as well. So now there is a head of academy. There is new an entire new recruitment team, if you want to call them that. There is a new guy who decides if the manager stays or not. And right now, it's not really working. But the idea is that eventually this whole sort of organism that that is above the head coach role at the club will exist and it means it doesn't matter who the head coach is things won't change too much when they have to replace one okay and who chooses the new manager well it's i mean i don't think any club should ever have one one person deciding so the the this new manager will be chosen by edu uh by sanier um and then there are a couple of people also involved who do things like negotiate contracts mm-hmm. and things like that. Is that why Nuno Gomez is getting mentioned? Nuno Espirito Santo. Or, yeah, yeah, just Santos. Nuno yeah. Gomez, is, yeah, that would be a shock. That would, that would <laughs> definitely be a shock, yeah. Uh, Rayo Sanye is not what we would associate with Arsenal in the he, past, I would he say. He has links to, very yeah, strong so links when to. Arsene Wenger was in charge, Arsenal wouldn't deal with what you want to call super agents. Yeah. Uh, George Mendes and Mineraola, Arsenal wouldn't do any business with them because, you know, they give you one and you have to give them one. And I think Arsenal had decided that that wasn't a... They didn't want to be in a position where, you know, like at Man United, you've got four or five players and one of them won't sign a new contract and then suddenly you're in trouble with all of those players. Or, you know, you want to get rid of Paul Pogba and then you have to take on another player of, of Mineraola to help get the deal the deal done. Um, to grease the wheels. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Whereas um, Raul Senye is apparently quite the contacts man and is is quite close to, to George Mendes and Nuno Espirito Santo is a George Mendes client. Mm. Not Nuno Gomez as previously no, identified. But I think no. I, I think that's coming more from his camp than from Arsenal. Ah, okay. I think, I think it's a while since he signed a new contract. And also this summer Pepe was a yeah, Mendes yeah. did it. So, yeah. uh, What's happened with Pepe? I'd love to He's know. He's not really played the last few weeks. Lundberg's just in general though, he, like, he comes in for what 80 million doesn't really shine yeah, I mean, was that Emery's fault is that his fault I know Lundberg had a couple I, of words I about think, him the other day. I mean like it's a few months Robert Pires was rubbish at this point in his Arsenal career I think okay. like it happens sometimes right like sometimes you have a debut like Sergio Aguero where you rip the league up in your first ever game and sometimes it takes three or four months in a new team in a new league a new club and it happens it happens everywhere 23 I think ah, okay give him um, yeah but I I think I don't think we should be calling Nicolas Pepe an 80 million player I don't think I think Arsenal overpaid for him in the first um, place and I, yeah I think it just is one of those things that might take a bit of time I don't think Arsenal are ever going to have an 80 million euro player right there in, in Nicolas Pepe okay uh, Lundberg in charge now which means that they are definitely the best looking man in charge of a team in the Premier League yes and the only board manager to take a point away from Norwich this season it's <laughs> <laughs> quite the start uh, he was in charge of the under 23s is that right last season last season, last season okay. he coached the under 23s and in the summer the club above Emery decided that they wanted to give Lundberg a job on Emery's staff to sort of ease the transition of players who had played in the youth team and were now ready to move into yeah. the first team squad what do we know then about his time as the under 23s he's obviously said all the right things that Arsenal fans yeah. want to hear yeah um, yeah everybody obviously people lap that up Arsenal yeah. DNA and I love that tweet and I love his tweet it's great 
Um, yeah, but uh, that's obviously the least important thing when it comes to whether or not he's going to be able to do the job. His under-23 team were really good. They they started, I think, quite slowly. Um but they scored a lot of goals. A lot of the players who are sort of on the fringes of the first team now were really, really good under him by all accounts last season. They played attacking football. They tried to dominate possession. They wanted to press high up the pitch. Kind of the way you would imagine Arsenal would play and not at all the way Arsenal have played for the last, well, two or three years. Um, and actually, I, I thought it's quite interesting. He was, I can't remember if it's an interview with the Arsenal website, but he was asked about, oh, you know, last season you scored all these goals, the under-23 team, I don't know, I'm just making this up, but, you know, oh, you scored in 12 games in a row, mm-hmm. something like that. And he actually cut across the interviewer and said, and we kept nine clean sheets in the last 10 games or oh, something like that. Yeah, so yeah, I think yeah. he was eager to put across that he's quite proud of their defensive record as well because obviously people are just talking we'll about now. what they did going forward <laughs> let's see ah, there's only so much you can do with those players <laughs> <laughs> I did read uh, somewhere that Arsenal have given up 233 shots five short of the total of 238 shots Man City conceded during the entirety of last season yeah I think there are four teams in the Europa League that group stage that have conceded more shots than Arsenal this season just the four only at the other end of the pitch um, by the 52nd minute against Norwich Arsenal had had their most shots in a Premier League away game this season oh, already good start and who do you play tonight then Arsenal at home against Brighton on that ah, Thursday night nice easy three points there hope so. <laughs> it can't be any worse than last Thursday night let's say that I think some Arsenal it fans was secretly enjoyed last Thursday night a little bit uh, yeah because it forced their hands yeah but I mean like I think generally wasn't great for the club like when I talk about you like playing good football and you want to sort of you want ex- your team to play good football obviously it's more interesting more entertaining to watch and the time that you invest in supporting a football club is not minimal um, and I think Emery like firstly the writing was on the wall for so long in the end for Emery but also they just played such boring football it was so dull it was so negative and I like I felt myself on Sunday it was the first time I felt like really invested in in whether or not Arsenal win a game for ages that's nice like it feel warm inside like you almost like I think when it's happening on the flip side and Arsenal are losing and you feel like you don't care as much anymore mm. like you feel quite guilty as a fan but then yeah like I don't know it's, it's there's just some sort of excitement back again around the club I would say well you got a former Armani model in charge that's yeah, always something yeah. to be excited about a uh, couple of quick fire questions for you is top four a reality? No, 10 okay. points. <laughs> okay. Um, who would you like to be the next boss and who will be the next boss? I presume it's Brendan Rogers to both, right? <laughs> I, I I actually, I like Brendan Rogers, but I think he's going to leave Leicester. I would uh, love Arteta or Jumberg. I, I think this oh, is... Oh, you'd go for it. Like okay. what I said at the top, like Arsenal went down the experienced manager route mm-hmm. and it was rubbish. Like, I, I want to really and especially after you've grown up with Arsenal Wenger like I want to want the manager to do well as well whereas you know usually if you don't like your manager you can just want him to be sacked I don't want to want the manager to be sacked it's not a very nice feeling people slag off Brendan Rodgers I think he's great <laughs> he's brilliant he's just you know he's very Brendan I get that but well, yeah. he's Leicester after last night Leicester in second place ahead yeah, of Man City yeah. he's, he's a really good manager but you know, he's 
Have you heard him? I've heard him. Yeah, and I've you know I've seen the Liverpool videos and all that. But even I like still. him. I like him, and I think he will, he's he's definitely within two or three years going to be coaching one of the traditional top six, if you want to call them that. And mm. I think he's going to be good. Where does he speak Spanish? I think he claims to speak Spanish. There you go. He could be over at one of the big two in Spain too. Maybe Real Madrid, even, maybe. Maybe he'd even like, yeah, Real Madrid, said, they're always looking for new managers. I said this to, I said oh, this to Podrick last week. Soon, yeah. I, I said this to Podrick last week. I can really imagine him using Leicester as a stepping stone for like for Arsenal or Tottenham. And then after three or four years, using that as a stepping stone for one of those big jobs in Spain. Like if he does a really good job in England. Juventus even. Yeah, might be, they might look for a new manager soon. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. How would his philosophy go down in Italy? Would they like it? I mean, they loved it at Napoli. No, are you talking about Sarri? No, oh. I'm talking about uh, Rogers. Brendan Rodgers. Ah, Roger, we, we don't really get his English accent that much. <laughs> nah. you know? He's not an Irish. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh. Language, English-speaking language. Ah, okay. That's why we okay, say okay. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people don't. It could be worse, though. It, like, could be, it could, it could be worse. We know that. See, maybe it's better if they don't get us. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but yeah, we we know him since from his manager skills, and uh, honestly, this year at Leicester, it's very impressive. Okay, like, is he known in Spain? To be honest, say people who follow the Premier League probably they are aware what is he doing with Leicester and what mm-hmm. he did with Liverpool, mm-hmm. but I don't think so that. Any newspaper have writing about the possibility that he comes to Spain. Yeah. Something that it, um, I think it's he's not getting that. mentioned in sport or think, market. Or no, no, he's not getting mentioned for his accent for sure. Like, yeah, probably. He, he, he would, he would have know. to like go to one of the really big clubs and do a really good job there, right before Barça or Madrid would even think about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, from Leicester, it's impossible yeah. to go to Spain. Maybe to yeah. one team like Sevilla or Valencia, but Sevilla or Valencia are not going to pay what team like Leicester is saying 14 million pounds is the clause I think 14 million yeah although I've never never really understood this like you happily drop 50 million on a player but Mm. a manager can make every single player that you have better so surely should be higher bigger fees like clubs should be willing to spend more fees on managers Mm -hmm. especially if you have a rule like in Italy we have a rule that doesn't allow you to coach with two different clubs the same year like you can't, Sarri right now can be sacked and going to Inter, Napoli or Rome. But or for whatever. example, he can go to other leagues, that's true. Eh? He can go to other leagues, yes, but not in Italy. No, in Spain it's the same. It's the same, right? It's the same. So that's oh, really? why we don't have release clauses for managers, oh. really, in general. Talking about the release clauses of managers, today I read that the release clauses of Rafa Benitez in China is 20 million. <laughs> Because they were some rumors. They love Rafa. It's, it's one month somewhere. salary of Benitez, probably. <laughs> 20 million? Yeah. For Rafa? Yeah, I don't know. It's Liu, Liu Xian. I don't know which team it's, but uh, it's Dalian Ifang. Dalian Ifang, yeah. 20 million. Marek Amshik. I'm going to get into this managerial gig. I could be making millions out of it. Wow. Yeah, well, take a while. We can see that. Uh, Meanwhile, in Italy, Francesco, my favorite Italian, my second favorite Italian player of all time, Antonio Cassano, has claimed because the first one is Totti. I hope it's a tie between Totti and Pirlo. Has to be tossed. So that means Cassano, Cassano stirred. stirred already. Well, no, I'm putting them. I'm putting Toddy and so Pirlo it's, on. It's like the Ballon d'Or, one, one, two. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Cassano, he of uh, great fame, has claimed that there's a quote big problem between Cristiano Ronaldo and Maurizio Sarri. Is he talking nonsense? He's not talking nonsense. Oh, I think there is not a big problem. Uh, for Cristiano Ronaldo but it's a big problem for Maurizio Sarri right now oh, because t- there tell are tell more Francesco I love this 
you know, uh, you perfectly know that Maurizio Sarri likes to play the same way, basically. When he gets his uh, tactics, and with the he same doesn't 11, change. And with the same exactly. 11 players. And yeah. he doesn't change because he knows that right now the 4-3-1-2 is working well at Juventus. He doesn't want to change it in a 4-3-3, for example. So how, good. How, where does Ronaldo fit into that 4-3-1-2? As a number nine. Okay. Um, so the problem is that he didn't consider at first that Dybala and Higuain were going to do an amazing season. So in his idea, probably, Ronaldo was to be uh, playing every game with Dybala and Higuain basically uh, playing half of the games each other, you know? So that completely changed right now because we can see that Dybala and Higuain are in an amazing moment while Cristiano Ronaldo is not playing well. He's not fit, he was injured. He, in a normal situation, he shouldn't play right now. He should mm. be benched. But, But the question is, can you bench Cristiano Ronaldo? Mm. What do you think? I don't think you can, you can bench I, Cristiano I Ronaldo. Think, I think you have to bench Cristiano Ronaldo. But if you bench Cristiano Ronaldo, you the, know the, that you're the, gonna, then you have to sell him. There will be consequences. Right, but, I think Sarri, but Sarri has to make a stand. If, if he allows a player that's not fully fit and not informed to start in his team, he looks weak ahead of the, in the rest I of know, the dressing room. I know, but... But what, the dressing what, room does, an doesn't what does an angry Ronaldo do to the rest of the dressing room? That's one thing. Second mm -hmm. thing, he was subbed during Milan-Juventus. Juventus-Milan, sorry. This is the one where he threw the fit afterwards? Exactly. Yeah. And, and you can and see Di his reaction Dybala after. Dybala came on and scored the only goal, Exactly. Right? And imagine, imagine Cristiano Ronaldo not playing at all. That's why what happens with Cristiano But it was the same in Real Madrid. When he was not playing, he wasn't even called for a game. He was not go even going to the bench. I think last time when Cristiano Ronaldo started from bench was, I don't know, four years ago. Why well, because a picture of Cristiano. Either he plays yeah. or either he stays at home. Why don't they, why do they leave him at home? Just because it's too much of a problem to have him on the bench? No, you can just pretend focus. he's injured. And it's a pretend that he's not fit, but also it's yeah. his decision because he mm -hmm. doesn't want to go to the bench, basically. So it's a very difficult situation right now. We know that Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, you know, it's, starting to become 33, right? 34, I think. 34. So, you know, he's mm. starting to go in an age that he cannot play 50, 60 games per year. So you need to balance him. But he doesn't understand that for some reason. No, probably he understands that, but he doesn't accept it, yeah, probably. Right, yeah. But didn't, they, didn't he, he was rotated a bit more at Real Madrid? Yeah, yeah, or did yeah, I just imagine that? was the end the of the season. The end of the right? season. Yeah, that was what happened in the Liga matches and he could win the And Pichichi, here example, is happening the contrary because at and, Real Madrid... And because Real Madrid were in the Champions League final, you could just say, you could convince him, I think, quite easily, uh, leave the league match, play the semi-final, yeah, 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 leave yeah, the league exactly. match, play the second leg. Now, now it's different because Juve, they're not at the top of the league anymore, so they need actually Cristiano Ronaldo, but he's not at the top of his form. But Christ, uh, Messi, uh, sorry, Messi, uh, Dybala and, um, and Higuain are playing way better than him, so they should start. So it's a very difficult situation for Sarri, and his contract, Cristiano Ronaldo's contract is expiring in 2022, 2021, sorry, and I'm convinced, convinced that this is going to be the last year of Cristiano Ronaldo Juventus. Oh, we're gonna see wow. but I'm pretty sure that he will leave I mean, you usually have an inside track on this no, no I don't where, have any, any insights just where does, my where does, he, I, I, where does I, he go I, then I think it's very yeah, difficult would a player like him? this to go at the end of a contract so Cristiano Ronaldo going at the end of a contract it means this problem that we're facing right now will be multiple next year mm -hmm. because everyone they know we, he's gonna leave 
So if we know he's going to leave, why is he has to stay one year there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only thing that might change his opinion is, again, he doesn't win the Champions League this year with Juventus, so that he can stay one more year to do the last try with uh, winning the Champions League with Juve, and then he leaves in 2021. But if they win the Champions League this year, I'm sure Cristiano Ronaldo will leave. Well, yeah, I was, was going to ask you, sorry, go ahead, Manu. No, I mean, in my opinion, that is even the Champions League is an, another thing that makes it more difficult for Sarri because finally what you need is to have a Cristiano on top uh, in the month of March, April, when yeah, the but Champions you know League that, is coming. You, you know that from now to February, it's another it's another world. Like what we're talking right now, in three months, Cristiano Ronaldo might score 20 goals in the next. Sure, yeah, next. Sure. Yeah. So, we're talking about right now Juve is already in the next round of Champions League it's about the league right now and uh, you know it's, uh, how, that's the thing how long does it have to go on that he doesn't play well before we stop saying that he's not in form anymore and we start saying he's a 34 year old man no because I mean we were saying the Given same the way thing the last fans year react to that I wouldn't say it I mean uh, <laughs> that's why I, I think it. it's not fair to say that because I think if he's not the number one, he's the number two or the number three in the world right now, still, Cristiano Ronaldo. But he's not the number three. He's the number three striker at Juventus right now. Yeah, but that's in this moment we are talking. We're talking about generally. Last season was the fourth top scoring Italy. Yeah, but because he didn't play a lot in the last part also. And Quagliarella played every game. So you have also to consider many factors. I think if you remember Juventus Atletico Madrid, the game. No, no, for sure. These kind of games, I think when he plays like that, he still can't yeah, that's, 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 that's the question that's the question is not can he still play like that but how many times how often can he still play like that is it no, no, I three mean, three or four times a season or I think it's 20 his problem. times a season it's his problem and uh, it's his problem that he has to accept that he cannot play at the same level for yeah. 50 yeah. games like he used to be well, this is, this three is what, years ago that's exactly but that's the same thing for every big player that goes in that age because if we can talk about Messi that I know you love to talk about Messi at the end it's the same because Messi plays for their games because I, I watch sometimes Barcelona that he doesn't do anything for 80 minutes anything he's, he's walking the pitch and then the last 10 minutes is amazing hmm. but, Messi, Ronaldo, but Messi's it, thought about that a lot more Messi's obviously course, adapted because, his game to go the, with his that's age the, yeah, that's, the, did it too. that's the consequence to degree, that sorry that's the consequence of his, the mentality of the players because Messi has a different mentality from Cristiano Ronaldo Cristiano Ronaldo has the mentality that he has to give 200% in every second of his not game his life you know but so it's, it's, he, a, it's a self-awareness I know, but like, that was or, his, that uh, was his power until now. Was the best thing about Cristiano was he was always mentally so concentrated that he was. Uh, I love going, that. I love that about him. I know, I love but now that, that, be, that that's a problem because now he's an age that he can't do that anymore. But if you can't accept that, like that, it comes down to just I don't know humility or like being able to say that you might have a problem that you didn't have before he'll have to admit it at some stage or, or he's just going to end up I think he knows not that doing if you, if you, if you yeah, watch but, the interview yeah, with Piers Morgan one, you watch the interview with Piers Morgan no. he says one no, Piers Morgan <laughs> couldn't do it, <laughs> but it, it it's, it's okay if you know it but if you don't do anything about it then no, no, I know, I you're know. in trouble I know. well I was going to ask you about Napoli being in full blown crisis mode but it actually turns out Juventus are in full blown crisis uh, mode just no, for well, Napoli <laughs> just for yeah exactly Napoli is another, another I, I haven't I've never seen 
something it, like that in my life. Did, Never. Did Napoli, uh, but you can get into it in a little bit, but I just have one question. Did they do the whole retreat thing again? Again, yes, this they, week. Oh, yeah, right now, <laughs> they're retreat right again. <laughs> okay. But for, like, give everybody this a, a then. This is a podcast for English listeners, yeah. so or whatever, English speakers, English yeah. listeners, and maybe the background is not that clear. In Italy, it's very common okay. to do the retreats. Like you, the What's team, the word for it in Italian? Ritiro. You don't perform well, you go to the retiro, you train, you stay with the team, you try you know, to make a group together. And it's basically and a sort of retreat in the mountains or something. No, like no, 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 at the, at the training ground. Oh, basically. it's at the training ground. Yeah, the, but, the but, one you, in the mountains, but you sleep there and everything. Yeah, yeah, you, sleep, you don't go home. You don't see your family. You don't, you, don't, you know, have your private life, basically. Yeah. You just uh, share everything with the group. And they... It's a thing they used to do a lot in the past and now I think it's not working anymore because maybe it could work when the phones were not there or, yeah. you know, PlayStations. Now, I mean, they're probably just bored there playing FIFA all the time, you know, during the retreat. Yeah. That's what they do. And, uh, but Napoli, to be honest, they are, uh, they, they, there is no solution for that. <laughs> the, no, no, I'm not, like, the, there is the only... First thing they can do is hack Ancelotti, which might happen next week after they uh, they, they play against Genk in the Champions League. Yeah, Champions League. I thought 16. he'd make it till the end of the season. That's uh, for sure, uh, and for sure he won't stay next season. So, hundred uh, percent he will leave at the end of the season, and um, he might already be sacked before that because the. It's a very long story, so I don't want to bore you with all the Napoli thing. I just give the one-minute version of it. Uh, basically, um, the president of the club wasn't happy with the situation of Napoli, with the results of Napoli. So he decided, he, without... Because some you have to ask the captain usually to do that, or even the manager. Without asking, he decided to um, bring the team to the... Uh, how, was it, how do you call it? Retreat. Retreat, exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another name for it. I think retreat is probably yeah, right. Yeah. Without the religious over. Yeah, but it, that's... The training <laughs> camp, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, yeah but it makes sense. Yeah. So the thing is, the Ancelotti, in the press conference the day after, he defended the players. He said... We shouldn't do that. Oh. So he went against the president. Mm. But then the day after, when they play against Salzburg, mm. there was the the players decided to, without asking the president, to go home instead of going back to the retreat. Because they had the backing of Ancelotti. But Ancelotti, what did he do? He what didn't. He went. There. He went to the training ground. So, so he because woke he up knew the next morning that, and there were no flights. Exactly oh. because he knew it that if he was going home, he was going to be sacked. Okay because that, that was the ultimate decision. Mm-hmm. And what happened? He, the president of Napoli sued the players. So now, for example, Insigne had to pay 300,000 euros. What? 300,000 euros, yes. The president of the club sued the players because they didn't follow the rules of the club. Like and a breach of contract. Exactly. Yeah, and after that, what is the relationship between the players and Ancelotti? They, there don't, is no feel, re- they don't feel betrayed for Ancelotti because he went back to the retiro. There are different uh, versions of that because, of course, it's Italy, it's <laughs> Napoli. So you have... 5,000 versions of the story now with different uh, what happened that they went to dinner together all these kind of things what we know for sure is that there is a part of the group that he's with Ancelotti and a part of the group which is not with Ancelotti so the group is divided basically and it's a mess there are some players whose contract is expiring in the summer other players who want to leave, like Insigne, who is also the captain of the club. Alan want to leave. Koulibaly is considered to leaving. Uh, Kayeon and Mertens uh, contract expiring and uh, they won't renew the contract. So it's a mess. It's a that total a mess. mess. Okay. 
So now the only thing they can do it maybe they will change the manager, but who? doesn't solve the problem. Who because comes in? Uh, Gattuso is the top candidate of the moment. Really? Yeah, Rino Gattuso, Gattuso in Naples. Yeah. Wow. You love to see it. You love what to see it. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? Vesuvius is gonna go off again. <laughs> sometimes might be good, sometimes <laughs> might be shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. yes, uh, Gattuso is the top candidate. I can't I, help but feel throwing Gattuso into that mix just can't make it any better. I have a name would be just perfect. Lean into it. For me, the perfect name for just Napoli right it. now would be Spalletti, the former Inter manager yeah. and Roma manager. That seems to make more sense. Makes sense because he's a very pragmatic man. Uh, he gets the result because he always went to the Champions League uh, group stage with any club in uh, in Italy, which are only Inter Roma, but well. <laughs> Even still. <laughs> he was good also before Udinese and Empoli. And, but and Zenit. And then it was. He yeah. like often got yeah, them yeah, out yeah. of the group stage. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I was talking about Italy, and he, I think right now he's perfect to calm the things down, and then maybe starting a new cycle. But it's uh, it's too complicated and. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. We should do one hour podcast just about Napoli. Just on Napoli. Maybe we, oh, we should do that one. Special day, edition, Napoli. Okay. <laughs> Elsewhere, at the top of the table, Francesco. Ah. How long before it all blows up in interspaces? Hello, my old friend. <laughs> uh, they're uh, really top. They're really top. And Watch. we're into December. Yeah. I'm getting worried. I, I'm worried because the last time Inter was at the top of the league uh, <laughs> in December didn't end well. No, didn't. Which end was well. with Mancini and also with Spalletti two years ago. So let's say that Inter didn't do uh, much right now, didn't do um, a lot, but still it's impressive. It's impressive because not only that they are top of the league, I think they have 20 points more than Milan and 17 points more than Napoli, which if you could tell this in August, you could think I was crazy probably. Yeah. And uh, that tells you everything about Antonio Conte. He did an amazing job. He brought good players in and the relationship between Lukaku and Lautaro Martinez is just oh. unbelievable. Yeah. They see, it seems they play together since... 15 years ago and uh, they, 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 they also the human relationship they seem to have it's really um, amazing to see after, because especially be, all this uh, came after the Oli Cardi story you know that a little destroyed uh, the humor and um, atmosphere of the fans but also of the team so it seems that now everything is back on track and uh, positive feelings I would say okay and you play Roma this weekend play Rome on Friday night mm. which Chris, is uh, is Chris Smalling the captain is Chris Smalling was the captain for one game okay uh, but uh, it's not the real captain it okay. was uh, for, just for the Europa League game but yes and um, from Totti to Chris Smalling <laughs> yeah it's interesting because Roma if you remember was supposed to be the team of Antonio Conte remember this in, my, in May he was supposed to go to Rome and Totti actually convinced him to go to Rome. But then, you know, his old friend Marotta from Juve called him at Inter and uh, the dream stopped. But ah. Conte said already that one day he will manage Rome in okay. his career. So it's an interesting game and important one for both teams, I think. Nice, nice place to go live and work. Yeah, yeah, it is. Trust me, yeah, it is. Uh, did you want to mention Balotelli real quick? Balotelli, um, yeah, actually, when I when I text you, we di we didn't know that they were changing the manager, so that was oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but yes, like he, he the, the the news is that 
there is a release clause for Balotelli, so he can decide if he wants to leave Brescia in January. So it's more than a release clause, it's a gentleman agreement between the club and him, so that if he wants to leave in January, he can. So maybe he can be on the market in January. Uh, he will was he? Te- yeah, yeah. But will, will he be on the market? Will he, will he move or...? <laughs> The, I think it hasn't quite been the fairy tale homecoming, has it? No, uh, the problem like with the uh, manager that there is in charge right now, which is a Corini, Eugenio Corini, he has an amazing relationship. So he so he might stay until the end of the season. But with the former one, Fabio Grosso, he didn't 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 end well. So I think uh, one week ago, I w- I could tell you he's leaving hundred percent. Now. We see the next games. I think it will be very important uh, now this month before Christmas to see if he will stay in January or not. Last thing I want to mention about Italian football and then we can switch. The Ibrahimovic will be back. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot about that. He's joining Milan. uh, He didn't say the club. So there was this interview to this magazine and actually he gave this interview one month ago, but they just published it now. Uh, So he, he said... I will be back in Italy very soon. The main clubs that are going for him are AC Milan and Bologna. Bologna is for his relationship with, uh, with Mialovic, his friendship with Mialovic back when they were together at Inter. So he might go there just to help him after all what happened. And for me, it would be an amazing fairy tale and an amazing end of career also for uh, Ibrahimovic. And I think it will change uh, a lot of opinions about Ibrahimovic that somebody has in the world, you know, against Ibrahimovic. I'm the number one fan of Ibrahimovic in the world, so I will never be against him. But this Bologna thing can change a lot of opinions. And also if the other option is Milan, which was his uh, probably favorite club in his career. So he has to decide. He didn't decide yet. So I think he will in the next week and we will know where he's going. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Elsewhere, we have Luis Suarez's best friend. Continuing the theme of people on this podcast being friends with footballers, we had uh, Nico, who was friends with Serge Gnabry. That's what he says. Yeah, we had <laughs> Benny, who had played uh, table football against uh, Thomas Tuchel. Oh, yeah? And beat I, him. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. Is Thomas Tuchel good at table football? You said that like it was impressive. But Yeah, yeah but I, I don't know. I've never, I've never seen uh, either him or Benny play table football. Uh, we had somebody else. Uh, Alex with uh, Chamberlain. Alex with who? Oh, Oxley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alex Mott. Alex, Oxley Chamberlain, yeah. besties, famously. Yeah. And then Manu with Luis Suarez. You were impressed with the. <laughs> doesn't look like a face yeah, of a friend. It doesn't look like a face of a friend. Have you been texting him at all today or anything like that? No? I prefer don't, don't speak because I don't want to have anything <laughs> against him. Messi, Messi told me that. Salve so Suarez told me that don't say anything to Messi because yeah, yeah. I don't want to, break, could to create any, any war. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was a good time. It was a nice 10 minutes with him. I, 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 I enjoy a lot. <laughs> okay. Did you. You were impressed with his tattoos? To be honest, impressed, I wouldn't say in a good way. He had one tattoo in here in his neck that it was not the nicest one that I have ever seen but, so but, polite, but I have to it. say that that he was incredibly nice and incredibly friendly I, I cannot say that I didn't expect it but you know finally when you are gonna have an interview with one player who has had already 15 interviews in the previous two hours you can expect that he's gonna be bored that he's gonna be not upset but maybe pff, let us finish as soon as possible because I want to go home but 
as we could see, he answered everything that we asked him. He was friendly, even when we, I was saying thank you for, for your time. He was saying not at all. Thank you too for coming. So mm -hmm. I have to say that I got a really good impression of him. Even I'm, I like him as a player, but that's true that as a player, his behavior on the pitch and out the pitch, oh, really? I guess it's completely on different. On the pitch? I mean, it's Don't take a line about it's it. Completely, it's completely <laughs> different. Yeah. Even, for example, if you see this documentary match day, that it's it's about Barcelona last season, I mean, the image of Luis Suarez out of the pitch, you can re realize that he's completely different than the people people think. I get, I, I'm guessing he's probably just a quiet dude. He doesn't really do much, hangs out with his family, that sort of thing. Especially he, uh, when he's talking, he tries to focus his life about his family, especially mm -hmm. about his, his son and his daughter, because he reminds that he didn't have this f uh, father feeling when he was a child because he didn't have a father or I don't know okay. what happened with him. Mm -hmm. And he just said that he wanted to, exp uh, to try to spend all of the time possible with, with, his, with his family because of that. Okay. You didn't take a selfie with him or anything, did you? No, I I didn't. I mean, oh, you, I were just, you were a professional. I went there, did my job, okay. and, and that's it. Good. Nice and professional. Good to see. Uh, can you explain, Manu, in about two words, or let's say two minutes, Luis Enrique and Roberto Robert Moreno? Wow. What the hell happened? Because I, <laughs> I can't even explain Talking this. Talking about but. Napoli mess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like from another like one to another one. one. From one, one to opera to other soap opera. Mess is the theme of the day, you know, Arsenal, Napoli, yeah. and now on to Spain. It's really hard. To be honest, I guess that nobody's going to know what really happened there uh, above uh, Luis Enrique and Robert Moreno. But what we really know is that you know Luis Enrique had to leave the national team mm -hmm. because of familiar reasons and the, choose, the chosen one was Robert Moreno Robert Moreno in his first in his first press conference he said at the time that Luis Enrique wanted to be back here I'm going to step aside and he's Go, I, I'm going to work with him because I did in the last years and, and he's my friend and what people say is that and what people say and what Luis Enrique said is that when he decided to go back Robert Moreno went to his place and said to him please wait till the end of the Euro Cup the Euro 2020 because I want to be the first coach and after that I will do whatever you want. Luis Enrique said that he felt betrayed because of that, and that's why he decided to to don't count with him in his team. Then Robert Moreno, the next day, he gave a press conference as well, and he said that that's not true. That it was Luis Enrique that he said I don't want him in my I don't want Robert Moreno in my team, and that's it. For me, I I know I don't know what happened, but that, for me there is one thing that it's the key of all all of all of that. It's like Robert Moreno, Luis Enrique, they have been working together with the same group of people for years. Yeah, in Roma also. in Rome, in Barcelona. When Luis Enrique decided to leave Barcelona, all of this team they went together with Unzue to Celta de Vigo too. And after everything that had happened, all of the group is gonna be working with Luis Enrique. I mean, finally, if really Luis Enrique is the bad of that movie, Luis Enrique is a is a character. It's a a difficult personality too. A character has a but, great but, description of somebody. But like what it. they wanted to say is they decided to be with Luis Enrique so maybe it's because he's the right one so he, he, he behaved right and it was not Robert Moreno. That's at least my, my impression. Okay. Well that's a very complicated subject. There's probably something personal that we will never know and uh, like yeah, yeah pe uh, the media were and saying that and the truth will be in the middle for that sure. That Robert Moreno didn't call him Luis Enrique with everything with his family happened that he just focus on the team and he he didn't behave as a friend but we Who never knows? know we will never know Who knows? okay in more football related terms Griezmann <laughs> our yeah. favorite footballer on this podcast 
He went back to the Wanda. Hey, favorite Wang in Wanda. The people love him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Love him there. Uh, fans were none too happy and they've been slapped with a huge fine. Yeah, six, 600 euros. 301, no? No, no I thought it was 600 double. euros. Oh, double. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe they pay in the first 15 days they come. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like <laughs> when you're driving things. Uh, yeah. the, the, one of the reasons for the fine was that somebody threw an umbrella. An umbrella, Of yeah, all of the things you can throw. Yeah, but they decided to throw an umbrella and theoretically it was raining as crazy there but they were oh, probably the thing that, that they tells you how much they hate Griezmann <laughs> but they had they had uh, there's like a you were saying there's a Hall of Fame or something along the way yeah they, they, they the Atletico Madrid close to one they have like a Hall of Fame with the stories about the best players in the last years for example Thibaut Courtois or Antoine Griezmann <laughs> that die, right now they are not really loved for the for the Atletico Madrid fans and the people they decided to, to cross his star and as well to put like some rats as a toy to put it there and you know, try to consider him as a rat because he did. I mean, everything what happened about his movement to Barcelona, I guess, is of course, is the key, but especially how it was because people are saying that he already negotiated with Barcelona before that this important match against Juventus, and I guess that it's not possible to, to forgive, forgive him for that. Mm. I really love European football culture. It's great. Isn't back it? home, people just boo and mm. shout abuse. Ah. Uh, I would have loved to like all go dressed in rat t-shirts when I went and watched Robin Van Persie play Arsenal at Old Trafford. <laughs> would have been amazing. Uh, I mean, if they're going to really hate Griezmann for anything, they should hate him for that documentary. That's what they should really <laughs> the hate. The decision. The decision or whatever. Produced by Gerard Piquet. Like we the Barcelona fans, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It was produced by Piquet. Yeah. Yeah. One documentary where he said that he's not going to Most important thing of the documentary. Yeah, but this was the one saying that he wasn't going to Barcelona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Piquet is in the business and everything. And he was helping Griezmann to promote the documentary before that. Yeah. He was playing in Barcelona. Yeah, and the, the, I remember the tweet of Piquet when uh, the day of the the, the documentary, mm-hmm. and he said, "Tonight, tune on uh, yeah, you know, movie star. Watch the decision of Antoine Griezmann." Everyone was thinking, "Oh, so he's going to he's going to Barcelona because Piquet is saying that, no, because he was producing that documentary." Oh, okay. Love Gerard. Spanish football. But you, you are right though. European football culture is great. Ah, they go out and put rats out like yeah, that yeah, and everything. You'd never see that in Ireland or England. Anyway, speaking of turning it around, Rakitic. He's back in the Barcelona team. Yeah. I thought he was gone in January. Theoretically, and to be honest, I couldn't say that he's not going to leave in January. But oh. at the end, Valverde is having bad times in Barcelona. The team is not playing well. Bad results against teams like Levante or Granada. And at the end... A player who was the most useful player for Valverde last season still is an important one. And he decided, okay, I don't care about the rumors. I don't care about what the chairman is saying. I need to use my best players. And Rakitic, of course, is one of the best players that Barcelona had. That's why he's playing right now. Mm, Because there was talk of him going to Italy, Francesco, wasn't there? Yeah. To Juve and Inter, there were rumors. Yeah, okay. yeah he gave an interview the day of the Ballon d'Or on Monday. He got a, a prize in Sevilla and he said that his dream is to wear a Sevilla t-shirt before the end of his career. And he was ask, asked as well. very specific dream, isn't it? Uh, yeah. he, was, he played there. Yeah, he, he played there. He was, there, the he was really loved ah, yeah, there. He was the course. captain. Uh, and yeah. and his, his wife, <coughs> she's from Sevilla. So He's not oh. just like yeah. Croatian Robbie Keane. Yeah, it's like really, he has a really big connection with Sevilla and even he said that he, they, people ask him about Atletico de Madrid and he said that everything can happen Sevilla are doing well this season well, amazing they are third one point uh, behind Real Madrid and the best manager in the world this season and, and is that what it is? <laughs> 
Flopetegui, as someone was calling him. Yeah, one of the best managers in the world. But at the end, he's showing that he's he's doing a good job. I'm not Lopetegui fan, but of course he was not so I'm bad. I'm really as, happy as for Monchi, who didn't deserve all the shitstorm he got in Rome. Uh, yeah, and uh, he was yeah. destroyed by the Roma fans. I think he's still one of the best sporting directors. I mean, 10 so, new signs. 10 new signs. Nine of them done by Monchi because one of them was Davour that he was done before he came. Mm-hmm. And all of them are working perfectly. Reguilón, Diogo Carlos probably is the best defender right now in the La Liga. Fernando Reges, who was in Manchester City. Now his performance, his performance in Spain is incredible too. Oh, and then Lucas Ocampos that for me right now is top five player in La Liga as well. And it is, so is it success all down to Monchi's, Monchi and Lopetegui or in my opinion, them working together? Isn't in my it? opinion, is the connection of both. The signs that Lopetegui, that Monchi did, they are working well. And Lopetegui is a good coach. They are not playing amazingly. They are always winning 1-0, 2-1, 2-1. But, but they're the end, winning. But they're winning. They are third on the table. And, and I guess that for Sevilla's fan, that's enough. Madrid are winning too. Madrid is winning too. Madrid they, is playing. They've turned it around. I don't know if you had the opportunity to watch the match against PSG. Wow. For me, the Real Madrid performance was incredible. I have Until about the 80th minute. And then it's <laughs> that's true. At the, at the end, it was a draw. But for me, that the result in that case is not the most important. In the long term, at the end, if you mm. play well, you win trophies. What's mm. he changed? To, uh, what's Zidane changed and that's made it, that's against, turned it around so much? I mean, against PSG, he played for the first time this season with 4-4-2. We tried to put four midfielders in order to keep the ball. And, you know, finally, you have four midfielders and you have Benzema. It's kind of midfielder too, because mm. he come back and he start to organize the game and play. And Grande Karim. Yeah. Mm. And I have to say that for me, it was the most impressive performance for Real Madrid signs Cardiff and Cardiff it's like long time yep. ago even they won one Champions League after but not playing yeah, so but well that was that against Juve it's an easy final <laughs> <laughs> I had meant to actually ask you sorry in our Juventus section sorry to jump uh, how's Aaron Ramsey getting along is he playing? Uh, he was injured, which is not a surprise, I would oh, say. Shocked at that one, yeah. But uh, I was, uh, I think he was quite good. I mean, it not surprisingly, like, I think, because it, it's a it good looks play. like they really like, or Sarri really likes him in that position behind the two strikers. Yeah. But especially with Champions League group stage games, and Juventus don't didn't have the easiest starts to the group stage mm. with the, like some performances no, he, and results. I think they've like. He te- they tend to be like playing him one game, then he le- misses the next game, and then he plays one game because yeah. okay. he had like this really serious hamstring issue when he yeah, arrived. and uh, he Sarri really likes Bernardeschi also in that yeah. position, yeah. which is doing quite good. So. Um, Considering the two factors or it, the injury, it, it, it probably suits Ramsey that somebody else can share the position with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, especially the, in the, a... the thing is that Juve is not dependent on, on Ramsey, which for me yeah. it's a good thing because it's good thing for Ramsey, yeah. because Ramsey doesn't need to as first year in a new club. Uh, being fundamental for the club because he gets injured a lot exactly. which might be a problem exactly. and yes. also for him to grow in the well, especially when Wales have qualified for another Euros at the end of the season yeah. it, like it would destroy him if he couldn't play there yeah any other La Liga Wales news? Golf Juventus yeah <laughs> Wales Golf Juventus is the, is the, any other La Liga news we need to, to know about to be honest I have nothing in you mind. Can say no, uh, you can say no. Like I can say no. I can say no. Yeah. So I've got a question. I've got a question from from a listener, Paddy in Korea. That's South Paddy? Korea. Yeah, his name is Paddy, Paddy in Korea. Paddy in Korea. Well, no, not in, he's in the country. Paddy Korea. But he's that Paddy we know or another one? No, 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 no different no. Paddy. No, not Paddy Higgs. No. 
Well, this is more confusing than I thought it would be. His name is Patrick. He's located in South Korea. That's clear. All right. Uh, Patrick in uh, South Korea asks, what thing do, uh, what thing the footballers do that annoys you the most? He gets annoyed when players spit out their gum on the pitch. This must be the bane of the groundskeeper. Not celebrating goals. That's what annoys me. Generally or against their former, yeah, against no, the former club? Celebrate a goal. You're one of the few people in the world who gets to do it. Celebrate it. I don't care if it's against the former club. You've left them. So what? Get on with it. Celebrate your yeah. goal. Yeah, for me, something that really annoyed me about celebration was when Untiti scored the goal in the semi-final and he did this shitty celebration. I mean, you're scoring, you're a defender, you're scoring a goal in one semi-final in one World Cup mm. and you have prepared a dancing. I mean, Amazing. show your feelings. Love it. Do something. Show Love it. Not something that it's already prepared. For me... Totally in love with that. <laughs> what annoys you about football? What annoys me are the... When the... Um, the players complain with the referee and they're not the captain of the club of the of the of the team like really annoying for me like the rule is that the captain of the, the team should is the one that speaks with the referee but then everyone speaks with the referee like and they're, they're complaining that's yeah. a very Italian thing probably yeah. but no, <laughs> doesn't happen no, outside that, Italy that happens, that happens in a lot but of countries everyone's complaining all the time and should be the captain to, to do that you know and uh, I don't like that also diving but you know yeah, I dive also when I play football so I can't say that he does it's true Lewis <laughs> um, like needless completely needless dangerous play um, like uh, I'd like I, this is probably just my answer at the moment because I, I've seen some examples of it recently from but, Francesco or uh, oh, oh well also Francesco would argue that his dangerous play is never needless um <laughs> I like just I've seen a few examples recently in the Premier League of like somebody and the ball is already off the pitch and then a player pushes somebody and they like go slam into the the hoardings and the advertisements and stuff and it's just like it like somebody could get seriously injured and and then the guy gets up and is like what the hell are you doing and the guy looks at him and laughs it's like no it's not funny you could just like that happens to a player who give everything like me you know yeah, it's the same thing yeah. <laughs> I, I always find it funny when the player goes over the hoardings and into the crowd and yeah, then somebody takes yeah. a photo or something like that. I remember there was one when Alexis Sanchez was playing for Arsenal at Goodison Park a few years ago and he was just running like the pitch ends really abruptly before the stands mm. and he couldn't stop running and he jumped over and there were some spare seats so he just sort of like kept running and then ended up sitting on one of the seats <laughs> it's quite nice it was great <laughs> okay that's all from us today my thanks to Luis Francesco and Manu we will be back next week in the meantime you can listen to the back catalogue on iTunes SoundCloud Spotify wherever it is you get your podcast hit and if you want to get in touch the address to do so is podcast at onefootball.com Bye.